Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's good. I just finished my last article for this week's issue, which is like a big release for me. Right. Well, and uh, for those of you who don't know, we send everything out to the press on Wednesday. So uh, by the end of the day today, everything's got to be ready and locked and loaded to go out to print, right? Yeah, I mean, generally, I like to have my stuff done by Tuesday, so like anything that happens Wednesday, I can cover. But uh, I'm a writer, which means I procrastinate and do it at the last second. Sure. Uh, everything's all deadline-based, and, and once you have a deadline, you almost feel like a sense of security where it's like, oh, it's due Wednesday. I can get it done Wednesday morning. Somehow, some way, some version of it will be done. Why don't we jump into the news? We have a couple stories to cover this week, some interesting things right away. Uh, Fish Creek has proposed to buy 195 acres around the Fish Creek Park. Yeah, it's a pretty exciting idea if they can pull this off. Um, exciting for me, you know, like uh, this has been a, a parcel of land that has long been on the town of Gibraltar wish list to um, purchase and expand their park. It's It's a property that most people can like have never seen because you can only see a part of it from the highway on the south end of the village part of Fish Creek, kind of by the settlement shops. There's like an open field and that's part of it. But then the, a big chunk of the land is actually behind that and down includes part of the bluff and then below the bluff. And that's where Fish Creek, which runs uh, under the highway by not like yet, the actual Fish Creek runs back into like along that ridge line there. And so they've purchased 195 acres, but half that land is below the bluff and half of it's above. And they've got uh, some ambitious ideas for the property. So, okay, break it. You did a pretty good job for me right there, but, but help me visualize exactly where this is. So this is not the park next to the Noble House, right? No. Is this the, you can get to it like kind of right off, like right across from Not Licked Yet, you can kind of walk into this little thing and there's like the... the yeah, it's, it, that's exactly where it is. It's right by... Across the highway from Not Licked Yet, where the creek runs underneath the highway there, and it's a very uh, it's it's a park that you can you can miss. Like I lived up here for years before I I ever went to this park and wandered back there. Is there an official entrance to it? Because I've always just got there to is. it by literally walking right off the highway down a little trail. Yeah, there is just a little trail basically right off that road there. And what what this plan would entail is kind of making that park a bigger deal. It there would create a like a bike path and a bike hub is like one of the main ideas for this and included in that would be to connect the sunset bike path across the highway to the fish creek park and then that bike path would go into um that park more as like an off-road path and possibly like a multimodal path that could be used for snowmobile connections in the winter but then deeper into this park area, you'd have like a, a, a better, uh, more advanced uh, off-road biking trail system in there. So you'd have something that would 
potentially um, be along the model of a lot of the off-road trails that are offered in like uh, Hayward, Wisconsin, Schwamagon Forest, um, Ironwood, Wisconsin, Marquette, all these places that have these great off-road bike trails uh, and draw tons of tourists up there for that. That's kind of the idea is creating something on par with that. We do have trails in our state parks, but honestly, like you can't market those as to a serious cyclist as like this is a destination. They're basically trails that, okay, if I'm up here and I want to ride, I'll do that. But it's only kind of like if you were coming up here anyway. You don't come here specifically for them. The trails that they're talking about, when you go to the UP, people travel 7, 8, 10, sometimes come across the country to go to those trails because they're at that level. This would possibly be like a, a Door County version of that. There's a housing component to this purchase as well, right? Yeah, so the the bike trail is kind of like considered the low-hanging fruit because uh, to create a trail that's actually going to attract people, it does cost money. I talked to one expert yesterday who's worked on the Northwoods trails, anywhere from $5,000 to $25,000 a mile um, to create those trails. But that's still cheap compared to, say, creating a housing development or running sewer up to that property, which is what they would have to do if they if they do expand housing. But part of this project, longer term, is to create possibly some more mixed-level housing, so some like semi-expensive homes. One number that was thrown out is some homes in like the $500,000 range, but then some homes in the more attainable, affordable range, and maybe it'd be like seasonal workforce housing too. It's not really clear, but um, something maybe in the $150,000 to $200,000 range on that upper part. A couple other ideas they've talked about. Apparently, they've been touched with UWGB. Very early preliminary discussions about maybe they'd be interested in doing a satellite campus there that might focus on hotel and tourism management, maybe in cooperation with UW Stout, which has a good hotel and tourism management program. And then they're also, just like uh, the city of Sturgeon Bay, looking at the National Estuary Research um, Center idea for um, a location there. So a lot of different possibilities. So the proposal is looking at an estimated $2.1 million. Is, how does that fall into the, the, the scope of things? Has there been any community feedback to this? Is this a contentious purchase or is this something that people are kind of rallying behind? Well, it's town of Gibraltar, so I would guess it will be contentious. Um, they, so what they have right now is they've taken out an option to buy this property. And that, that option just means nobody can come in and offer more and, t- and buy it out from under the town of Gibraltar until the option expires, which, which is in October. So what they're doing now is a series of listening sessions, maybe even tours of the property um, over the next few months to try and make the case to residents to approve this. Because since it's a township, a uh, purchase like this has to be approved by a, a vote of the electors. So it'll be a town meeting, much like the uh, beach bathrooms were a town meeting, and people are going to have to approve this. Fish Creek has taken on a few different projects that have cost money recently, the beach uh, improvements and the bathrooms, a few other major things. So um, who knows if they're going to see the same incentives in, in buying this property and making this larger park as as maybe the town board does. Speaking of some of those other projects, um, have, there, have there been any recent updates on the, the beach house or the beach project or anything like that? We've been so focused with the highway reconstruction that I feel like those have kind of fallen to the wayside. Well, yeah, if you drive through Fish Creek right now, you'll see a, a huge pile of rubble at the beach. And that's because they've torn up the old parking lot there and moved a bunch of fill in there because they needed to raise the grade of the beach property to kind of get closer to level with the sidewalk because there was a big drop down. 
And then next step is they should be breaking ground on the uh, bathrooms there sometime in the next couple of weeks to build those. And then they have to in, insert some stuff with the storm sewer that improvements that they're doing down at the beach. So that's kind of underway. The beach will be back open this summer. It won't be in pristine shape because obviously there's not going to be a ton of the grass growing and things like that. And they're not going to complete all of the improvements to the beach this summer, but they will have it back open come peak season. And then everything else is kind of waiting on well, the downtown Fish Creek area will not get paved this summer. And none of that major construction will happen until late fall and then early spring of next year. But the northern part of Fish Creek, uh, town of Gibraltar, kind of up by the Skyway Theater, going into Ephraim, that will be potentially resurfaced before the summer season. Um, any other major takeaways about this project? Yeah, they will have a town meeting Tuesday, uh, April 16th, at the old Fish Creek Town Hall. And they will be presenting some information about this. There won't be a vote on the project, but for people who want to know more, learn where the property is, uh, they'll have some... Uh, maps and imagery down there at the, the town meeting on the 16th. We'll also have maps and imagery on the DoorCountyPulse.com website, and we'll just keep people abreast as this moves forward. It's, um, it's a potentially exciting project, especially for myself as a cyclist. I would, I would love to see them build this. I think it would have a great economic impact, but absolutely see the concerns of any taxpayers as well. I'm particularly interested to see the response too, because uh, I've, I've walked the trails down there and it's a really cool place, but it, it's so kind of tucked away and hidden that I feel like something like this would bring more attention to it and, and would make people realize, oh, there, there is a cool walking path down there. Uh, people who are going down there for the biking might then, you know, also walk the trails and see everything that, that that has to offer. But then I wonder if the other side of that is like, no, it was my secret trail. And now, you know what I mean? There might be that yeah. part of it, too. Well, but of course, it's it's been privately owned by the Redmond family and you know, that could all be developed at one point. So it's, it's either, so it's, it's not going to be everybody's secret trail forever. Somebody's going to go in there and say like, yeah, I'm going to build here. So I'd rather see it be public. Yeah. So why not something like this? Mm -hmm. They call themselves the Stradivarius builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Pankin Island, worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Down in Sturgeon Bay, Fink and Terry is building the first new lake ship in Sturgeon Bay in almost 40 years. Yeah, um, I don't know a lot of the particulars about this one, but this just came in yesterday. They um, are building, I think it's like a 670-foot uh, laker in Sturgeon Bay. I think that's the first time in since 83 that they're they're doing this. They do They still do a ton of work at the shipyards, of course, but a lot of that for the last 40 years has been just repair work. I say just, I mean, it's major work. I don't mean to <laughs> uh, soft sell what, what gets done down there. 
but they haven't been building the major big ships in a long time. Um, so this is pretty exciting. Uh, it should be pretty cool to see some something new come off the line down there. Since the 1980s, late 80s, early 90s, a lot of their work for like a, a 10, 12-year stretch was actually retrofitting Lakers that needed to get what was called double hull technology, which was driven by the Exxon Valdez oil spill. Once that happened, new regulations came in that to protect sh- ships from spills like that, they asked that all big cargo ships had to have this new technology. That new regulation ended up being a huge boon for the shipbuilding industry in Sturgeon Bay. So it's kind of interesting like that. Kind of the things that end up keeping something alive that we don't really think about. You know, wouldn't have think about the Exxon Valdez impacting little old Sturgeon Bay and Door County. But that kept a lot of jobs and a lot of industry going for a long time until, you know, they, that they they rely on these big contracts. Um, but then they dry up. So you have to always be innovating and finding new ways to to get work. Well, and I think going on with that, and, and part of the reason why this is such a big deal, I feel like we might take for granted from time to time that everybody knows this story or that everybody knows the history of shipbuilding or fishing or cherries. I mean, we've done a lot of work on the history of those kind of like tent poles for Door County, but uh, maybe we should go back and kind of share the Cliff Notes version of that and why building a new ship here is is such a cool and important thing. So... The way that I understand the history is that people moved up here. They had a maritime past from where they were coming in. So a lot of them had shipbuilding expertise already. Uh, Then you start to get them getting government contracts and building ships for the lighthouses that are going up in Door County. Then World War II hits and Sturgeon Bay becomes a huge nationwide hub for shipbuilding uh, with all of the military contracts. And they're pumping out tons and tons and tons of, uh, of, of ships for the U.S. Navy. Then once those contracts dry up, you have a bunch of the shipyards starting to diversify and you've got Palmer Johnson building yachts and, and different things like that. But then around, you know, the, the 80s or 90s, that starts to, to, to dip down. So Fink and Terry, they, they, I believe the number is that they employ 400 year-round employees. And then in the winter, that number doubles to do all the winter fleet work that they're doing. So they're, they're constantly repairing and doing maintenance on these big thousand foot ships that come in off the Great Lakes for the winter fleet layup. But then you've got like Palmer Johnson getting sold overseas and the amount of new ships that are being built in Sturgeon Bay starts to decrease in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, and Palmer Johnson dies completely in, in Sturgeon Bay. Right. So you've got this like incredible boom that happens around the 40s, then things start to, to dwindle off after that. But there is still a thriving maritime industry well, here. I mean, you had the boom of the 40s because that actually drove the population of Sturgeon Bay f- during the war years from 8,000 people to about 14,000 people. Um, talk about housing problems now. Back then they had to basically make practically little tent cities of temporary housing in Sturgeon Bay. But then after the war, obviously you don't get the same volume. But like PBI reimagined itself as a, a builder of naval ships. So they actually for years would make these minesweepers for the U.S. Navy. And when those contracts dried up, when the Cold War um, kind of died off with the fall of the Soviet Union and, and the military started to contract and not, um, not need as many new ships. And that there was a time when the Navy was trying to become a 500 fleet um, Navy. And so they were always trying to add ships. And then when that died off and, they, and the military budget started to not grow as fast, that's when um, Peterson Builders Incorporated finally shut down in the, in the 1990s. And they, they couldn't, eventually they just couldn't find a new way to make it. But then Finn Cantieri and Palmer Johnson stuck around. Palmer Johnson became the yacht builder, like you said. 
And they, they had been a yacht builder for years. Um, and then Fincantieri, which used to be just Bay Shipbuilding, that was sold to Fincantieri, an Italian firm. So, and it, it's always evolving and always changing. And I think, you know, may, hopefully this is, you know, one big ship like that provides a lot of jobs for a nice stretch of time. Right. And, and the importance, I think, of it is that it is kind of this, this next step in the legacy. When you think about the maritime industry, you think about shipbuilding. And now we've got a new one that's being built here in Door County. That's, that's pretty big. Yeah. So our last little bit of news. Last week was legislative days, which sounds like maybe the worst, like, fair you could go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. What is legislative days? Um, besides being maybe the worst title ever? No, it's something they've, they've done... Uh, Door County Economic Development Corporation sort of leads the charge on this. And what they do is they gather, in this case, in this year's case, about 100 delegates from Door County, Door and Kiwani counties. And they go down to the Capitol in Madison and they meet with legislators, um, not just the ones that represent us, like Joel Kitchens and Andre Jacques, but legislators from around the state and kind of make the case for um, different programs or bills that are important to Door County. And Jackson was down there, right? Yeah, so Jackson Parr, our our roving reporter down in Madison. Our sleeper cell that we have down yeah. there. <laughs> We've planted him. He went around with the delegates over those two days and spent a lot of time uh, in those conversations with the legislators and wrote up a report for us. A somewhat shortened version will be in our print edition, and then a um, much longer edition um, version will be in our online at doorcountypulse.com, outlining kind of six policy areas that delegates were focused on, um, one of those being the Pratt tax in Sturgeon Bay. What is the Pratt tax? That's the, Sturgeon Bay is trying to um, enact a premier resort area tax. And the reason Sturgeon Bay is trying to do this is to pay for road improvements that are, they are in desperate need of. I want to hold you right there for a second. P-R-A-T, premier resort area tax. So it's a premier resort area tax tax. Yeah. It's when I write it, you take the second tax out. When you say it, everyone almost always says Pratt tax. It's very redundant. Right. Well, because I was thinking that they were going to limit the amount of movies that Chris Pratt can be in. Because yeah. <laughs> he's all over the place now. Yes. Pratt is similar to when people say HIV virus. That right. Also or ATM machine. Yes. Very. Okay. Very. Sorry. Go on. Anyway, we're solving the problems. And uh, so with the, with the Pratt issue, what they're trying to do is enact a half-cent sales tax in uh, Sturgeon Bay, and that was passed by the Sturgeon Bay City Council over a year ago. And now what they, but for Sturgeon Bay to enact it, um, certain areas like Wisconsin Dells, Sister Bay, can just enact that tax. But because they've already qualified, now Sturgeon Bay has to, because they're not as much of a resort area as those communities, they have to get special legislation passed, probably through the budgeting process, to get a Pratt enacted. So they would need the legislature, the Senate, and then the governor to sign off on it. Scott Walker in the past had indicated that he would not sign off on any new tax. Republican legislature has also indicated like a reluctance to enact new taxes. Their best bet is probably actually the new governor, Tony Evers, but it remains to be seen like the, you know, the state government is so divided that as Evers is proposing his budget. The Republicans are saying they're going to propose a budget of their own, and that, which is usually not how it works. It comes governor, and then they work on it. Um, but we're going to make our own government. Yeah, it's what, what it's would the nutty. what would the Pratt go towards? All in, in the case of Sturgeon Bay, it would just go toward road improvements. So they have a lot of roads full of potholes, and they are on a what they they call it a replacement schedule. But right now, a road would have a replacement uh, life of like sixty years, where 
experts say you want that at like 20 to 25 years. So they are way, way behind in the maintenance of their roads. So that was one of the major initiatives. The other one that they, that kind of Door County delegates talk about every time they go down there, I shouldn't say every time, but are always concerned about is the start of the school year. And every couple of years, it comes up that there's a push to move the school year start date earlier to before Labor Day. Sometimes people have proposed August. Some people propose year-round school. And for Door County, that could be that could have a, a really, really difficult, I wouldn't say devastating, we'd figure it out, but it would be really difficult on the local tourism economy because so many of our 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds work in our restaurants, lodging facilities, on our farms, on um, but particularly with our, our tourism industry. So we're already struggling to find enough workers, and now you would be eliminating for at least a couple of extra weeks a whole part of the workforce that actually has housing because they live here. So that's a, that's a big um, sticking point for both the Door County Visitor Bureau and a lot of the businesses in Door County. Right. See, I'm an advocate for changing the school end date. So instead of going all the way till June, you just suck up those months there and end it in January. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't get all the information that you need across in, a, in like six months, then I mean, why are you going the whole time? You know, this is actually this whole school end date thing has come up with uh, the like Gibraltar school was debating: do we have to add time at the end of the school year because of all the snow days that we've had, and because technically you're supposed to have a certain number of hours of instruction and stuff, right? So, and then if you don't have all those hours of instruction, the state will hold back some of your state aid. Well, Gibraltar doesn't get any state aid, so they don't have to apply by that rule. Right. And plus, so it comes down to all this like splitting hairs of, well, do we add six minutes per day and make it up that way? Do we add a half day at the end of the year? Do we take away an in-service? Do we take away the Easter holiday? And they had a long debate about this, and then they eventually came to, okay, let's just leave it the same. Like, is that six minutes going to add up to something meaningful? Is that extra day at the end of the year when kids are already checked out mentally, is that going to add to their, is that going to make a meaningful impact for, you know, the extra expense of, I think it's like $18,000 a day or something. Maybe it's more than that of, of like what it costs to add these extra days or something. Or something. Right. Well, and if you add days back onto the school year, nobody's going to care about them because they're going to be like, oh, these are the extra punishment days that we have to come to school. Right. Like that's going to be the student perspective. And if you add six minutes onto the day, how many, how many classes do you take in a day? If you take six, are you adding a minute to each class? That's nothing. If yeah. you add six minutes to the end of the last period, then that's still, I mean. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm glad I'm not in an administrator's seat trying right. to figure that all out. See, I was lucky when I went to college because we started at the like third week of September was when we began, and then we were out at the end of the first week of May. So we had a, a, a pretty shortened school year. You started the third week of September? Yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. We usually started around like the, the 11th or 14th. Hmm. I think uh, like Lawrence has a weird, we have a lot of interns over the years from Lawrence University, which is just odd because they do on trimesters, which throws their, like when they go back and, and when they're available, it, it throws it off a little bit. It's so weird. Yeah, we were trimesters, I believe, in high school and then semesters in college. That's kind of bizarre. And then I had friends who would go to, they had J-term. Have you ever heard of J-term? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can go and earn an extra credit or two in the January. Yep. Yeah, I never did that. School's weird, man. <laughs> well, I think that that should just about do it for us this week. Thank you so much, Miles, for chatting with me, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. 
These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit DoorCountyPulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.